0: What's poppin The perception of Lil Uzi Vert is usually that of a really nice, fun, cool rapper. He's usually very patient with his fans, doesn't do anything negative towards them and other than his satanic imagery and references sometimes in the past, he's managed to paint an overall positive image of himself, especially when he made himself look like a victim in the year leading up to the release of Eternal Atake with Don Cannon and DJ Drama being painted as the villains. Lil Uzi Vert does have more of a dark and manipulative side that many people especially his fans seem to conveniently ignore and that's what we're going to cover today alongside his actual come up story which is very hazy. If you watch my video on what happened to the real Uzi which you should definitely watch it'll be in the top right cards and linked in the description I tell you guys how I accidentally found Lil Uzi Vert in early 2014 on twitter searching for someone else. This was still after his Purple Thoughts EP, which was his first official project, and he would soon take off, but how did it happen so quickly after his first EP? Lil Uzi Vert talks about how he really started rapping, but one of the individuals responsible for discovering Lil Uzi Vert was DJ Diamond Cuts in Philadelphia. Uzi used to go to her studio all the time with his friend, his friend was the actual rapper and Lil Uzi was just tagging along, but one day he decided to go to the studio himself and record. This was when Diamond Cuts fiance was there and he told her that he really liked this kid Samir who was low Uzi Vert, who at the time just went by Uzi Vert. She checked his music out and met up with him and she really liked him too and they started making songs together, two of which are the songs What Do You Want and the song Uzi that's still up with the music video. Now Diamond Cuts said she played one of those songs on the radio and that's when Don Cannon hit her up asking who the kid was that she just played during her set and she said it was an artist she was working with. She had him under management at the time and Cannon wanted to meet him and apparently Kanye was interested in signing him too according to her. Keep this in the back of your mind though because things get a little hazy and we get two conflicting stories later on. But moving forward Don Cannon doesn't want to lose Low Uzi Vert to Kanye West or whoever else was trying to sign him so he invited Uzi to come out to Atlanta with them in drama to see what they got going on. And once Lil Uzi Vert went to Atlanta he really just stopped talking to Diamond Cuts and her husband altogether. She called Cannon asking what's up and he said that Uzi didn't really want to talk about what was going on and then she ended up hearing from a third party that Uzi got signed to Atlantic Records via their joint venture partnership with Generation Now that is run by DJ Drama and Don Cannon. Atlantic ended up paying Diamond Cuts and her husband to get out of the management contract and since then she hasn't spoken to him in years she even talks about how depressing this was to her she put all this effort into building uzi up for him to just be swooped by some others and he himself abandoning her using her resources as a stepping stone i was i was in a dark space for a long time and i I think i hit you up one night i was reading your book uh shook one Mm -hmm. and when you when you do all of that work and you get that close and then you get like no Somebody turned they back it. on you, it puts you in a dark space. Right. And I was dealing with like anxiety and depression for a long time, and uh, I just kind of got out of it maybe like a couple of years ago or last year actually. So, um, so yeah, it hurt. It was like damn, like this is my that's my little brother. We, thought we was all coming up together, and yeah, this. Like, we we to celebrate too. Yeah. But did it, that, did it, that yeah. make you feel like this is where the story usually ends? And it's obvious from here, DJ drama and Canon pushed them the rest of the way. But there is a very key individual that is rarely mentioned that had as much, if not more, of an important role in building Lil Uzi Vert than Diamond Cuts, and that is Reese LaFlair. Who is Reese LaFlair? Reese was a really good skateboarder growing up and built most of his connections through that. He even dropped out of college just to focus on skateboarding and he was living in Atlanta. Stevie Williams, the legendary skateboarder who's also behind the clothing brand DGK and Dirty Ghetto Kids, started a skateboard-slash-boutique shop with Don Cannon in Atlanta called Skateek. Keep in mind this was in 2008. In the grand opening that was on October 17th, 2008, you can see on your screen from the Transworld article that they had performances by Flo Rida, Ludacris, Neo, Rich Boy, and other celebrities that showed up including a performance by The Cool Kids and Asher Roth. This time period was also when Gangsta Grills which is the legendary mixtape series hosted by DJ Drama that would work with rappers like TI, Jeezy, Lil Wayne, and many more was super poppin. This meant that the boutique was always full of famous people and huge rappers and this was a place that Reese would always chill. He was a great skateboarder and people took a liking to him as a person as well and he built up a network with rappers as well as a very close relationship with drama and canon. Keep in mind that Reese was not a rapper but he got into rapping because of none other than Dom Kennedy. During the MySpace days, his homegirl sent him his music from 25th Hour The Project, specifically the song Still Lookin'. He went out to LA, Reese that is, and the girl, linked him up with Dom Kennedy and the two of them got really cool with each other. Reese still wasn't rapping but he was a hype man for some of Dom Kennedy's shows and he thought it was cool so when he went back to Atlanta he told Canon and Drama about Dom Kennedy. One day while at the shop, Cannon was playing some beats and Reese started freestyling. They rocked with it and encouraged him to rap but he was still a bit hesitant and said that if he was going to rap, he was going to make a mixtape in a couple of days. Reese's friend bet him $200 if he could make a whole mixtape and it being good. So Reese took that as motivation and made a mixtape in 4 days and they actually really enjoyed it. This was the beginning of 2011 and Don Cannon had hosted the mixtape. So it got some more attention. And what was the name of this mixtape? Reese vs. the World. Sound familiar to Lil Uzi Vert's mixtape title years later? During that time, at a sneaker store in Atlanta, Reese would run into Curtis Williams and Fat Man Key, also known as Key, when they were handing out CDs. And they linked up and made some songs together under the name 2-9. You should realize that early in Lil Uzi Vert's career, who's was very close with Key as well. The next year Reese would release his second mixtape of the series Reese vs the World 2 that was hosted by none other than Don Cannon once again. One of the songs from this mixtape was Molly and ASAP Yams was speaking to Reese and told him that he should do a 1-2 punch with music videos like ASAP Yams had done with ASAP Rocky releasing Peso and Purple Swag. Reese released a video from Molly that was popular and he was going to release another track but he started having disagreements with Key and it didn't happen. Yams idea was that they would get Reese popping first and then he would push Key and 2-9 like Rocky did with Ferg and the ASAP mob but perhaps Key saw it as Reese was going to get all of the popularity or something of the sort but there was a disagreement and they sort of went separate ways. Now we're at some time in late 2013 and Reese was friends with Lyle LeDuff who is a producer for Don Cannon. He was at his crib and Lyle told him he should check out this guy named Lo Uzi and the song was Uzi. So this was likely made after he was working with Diamond Cuts. Reese thought it was great and asked where he lived and Lyle said in Philly. Reese found his twitter and Uzi had like 50 followers at the time but he hit him up and told Uzi to call him on his number and when he did Uzi was fanning out saying he loved the molly music video and Reese as a rapper as well as his swag he was even trying to draw up his tims like he did. This is where we get the conflicting stories because Diamond Cuts and Cannon said that they discovered Lil Uzi Vert playing on the radio while Cannon was in Atlantic City. But Reese says that he was the one that put them onto Uzi. But Lala Duff, who was the producer that showed Uzi to Reese, corroborated the original story, saying in an interview, How did you and Lil Uzi Vert meet? How did you begin composing music and beats for him? Don Cannon his cousin, and I were headed to Atlantic City for a DJ gig Cannon had, and we were listening to the radio on the way. We hear the song named Uzi by a kid named Lil Uzi, and it was crazy, and the DJ kept yelling, he's from Philly, on air. The sound was so different from anything we've heard from the typical Philly rapper. Me and Cannon's cousin were telling Cannon he had to find this kid. Turns out the DJ playing the song was DJ Diamond Cuts, and she knew him. Cannon knew her and reached out, and after a week or so, we all FaceTimed him. A few weeks after that, Cannon went to Philly and met him. About a month later, Cannon told Uzi to move here and he never left. But moving forward, he was sending Uzi a bunch of beats and doing music together. Reese was on the Under the Influence tour with Wiz Khalifa thanks to DJ Drama and Lil Uzi Vert got on that tour partially because of Reese LaFlair and it was also how he met Don Cannon and Drama according to Reese. He introduced them to him and Uzi and Reese even had an album together called Home Economics that apparently never released. There were two songs though that are still out there that were released before the project, The Real Uzi, and that is Pretty Boy Anthem featuring Lil B and their song Faded. There's even a video of Uzi doing an interview where he says that's the homie Reese and teases his new mixtape The Real Uzi. (laughs) We, we made studio, and my boy Reese right there too. We made the studio. <laughs> we made studio. And, um, he came... This was in July 31st of 2014. So I'm guessing he was still cool and close with Diamond Cuts because he shouts her out and speaks fondly of her, as well as saying she is his manager. Loz Vert is buzzing during this time, and he had Meek Mill trying to sign him to Dream Chasers out there in Philly, as well as Drama and Cannon trying to sign him. He had respect for Reese, so. He asked him what he should do. Reese told him that drama and canon are like family to him, but Uzi should make a decision on what he felt was best for him and his future as an artist. Uzi was joking around via text with Reese saying that he should get both a Dream Chasers chain and a Don Cannon chain by making them think that he was going to sign to them and Reese played along with the joke saying in a text F what they talking about go get that chain and what Uzi did was he only screenshotted the part of the text thread and he sends it to Cannon and Drama. Of course, they're angry. Drama calls Reese and tells him to pull up to the studio, he berates him, calls him unloyal, he tells him that he knew they were trying to work a deal with Uzi and that he was going to sabotage that after they've known each other for over 5 years, Drama showed him the screenshot but then Reese showed him the entire text thread with context. But they were still acting weird towards Reese as if he had betrayed them when he was clearly just joking. Or so he says. He hit up Uzi and asked him why the hell did he do that and Uzi got really defensive. This was really manipulative behavior by Lil Uzi Vert. He wanted to get Reese out of the picture and get into the good graces of canon and drama because Reese was still their favorite. He was like family to them. My theory is that he saw Reese as a threat. But regardless, Reese fell back because he thought it was lame. But then while Uzi was growing in popularity, He continuously kept tweeting crazy to Reese and throwing jabs at him online but Reese continued to let it go. He stopped talking to Uzi and he stopped being around Uzi and Drama and Cannon and they distanced themselves from him even though they were legitimately like family with Reese having shown up for Thanksgiving dinners with them. Don Cannon and DJ Drama had told Reese they were going to blow him and Uzi up but they took all of those resources instead and poured them towards Lil Uzi Vert. Slade the monster, which was a producer on the track Chicks off of Reese vs the World 2 was now working with Uzi and so was Lyle LeDuff. Duff. They were supposed to sign Uzi and Reese but they only signed Uzi. So what happens is that there's a show in Dallas on May 30th of 2015 that was Reese LaFlair, Post Malone, and Lil Uzi Vert. In order to promote the show Post Malone who is really just buzzing up right now from White Iverson posts a flyer on his social media so does Reese. But when Uzi posted the flyer he had someone put a red x on Reese's face. So what Reese does is he hits up Uzi and told him that he was going to talk at the show. But when he walked up to Uzi he said have a good show and asked him why he's doing all that stuff really patronizing him on social media and Uzi just played it off as a joke as usual. So Uzi continued doing this online though and then this was when OG Mako blew up and started tweeting saying that people don't give him or Reese LaFlair credit for what they've done for upcoming rappers when it came to the rockstar stuff because Uzi used to hang around both of them in Atlanta a lot. Then Uzi jumped into the conversation and said that's why you be acting weird like the nigga I punched, which was a total lie, he never hit Reese. Reese tweeted him back and asked him if he was out of his mind. There was an upcoming G-Eazy and ASAP Ferg concert where Drama and Canon told Reese he should squash his issues with Uzi. And Reese tries to dap Uzi up and swash it but Uzi doesn't shake his hand, he walks away, when he sees all this attention on him he takes it as an opportunity to make a lot of noise, coming back acting like he's about to fight, which he doesn't. Reese soon after gets a phone call from Cannon's cousin saying that Uzi was working on a mixtape called Lil Uzi Vert Vs. The World, a copy of the mixtape Reese had done in 2011 and 2012. The guy even told Reese that he tried telling Cannon in drama that was Reese's thing but Uzi didn't care and they said it had nothing to do with them. Not to mention the fact that I said earlier which was that Cannon had hosted both Reese vs the World 1 and 2 but he was executive producing Lil Uzi Vert vs the World now. Lil Uzi Vert fans will probably be smashing their keyboard or the screen on their iPhone saying something along the lines of "Oh, Uzi got it from Scott Pilgrim vs the World. Although I highly doubt Uzi's fans who are mostly children even remember that movie. He loved that movie and that argument really is fine if it wasn't a mixtape series that was already done by a close friend and was hosted by the same guy that signed you and you now kicked that friend to the curb after using him. Reese didn't say anything and wanted to see if it was actually real and when it released he felt really disrespected that canon and drama did him like this They took his entire blueprint and gave it to another artist which led to Reese dropping the diss track towards Uzi titled 180 seconds that sheds on everything that happened between them and he absolutely washes Uzi. Uzi facetimes Reese the day the song came out from Canon's cousin's phone laughing and telling Reese you know I'm not going to respond right because he knew it would make Reese more popular and Reese told him he wasn't going to respond because he couldn't rap uzi said he wanted to fight him and reese sent the address but uzi didn't pull up so he says now it's day and night festival on august of 2016 lake show who is now uzi's new manager came up to reese and dapped him up because they were cool and reese knew if his manager was there that uzi was somewhere very close by so reese walks off the stage with his homies and then uzi tells one of his friends to pull out the camera and start filming him And he starts yelling as if he wants to fight reese but doesn't do anything uzi walks off and goes to perform but this clip goes viral and this is what uzi planned he never wanted to fight reese but he wanted to make it look like reese was scared of him which worked if you a faggot, no. you a bitch-ass nigga, and i am be the way oh, okay. that okay. a bitch-ass nigga. You, bro, bro, you bitch-ass nigga. He even corroborated this story saying that Uzi really didn't want to fight he just wanted the attention and he had people recording him. But everyone believed it online and Reese never really took off after that. They would reconnect in 2018 with a picture but now Lil Uzi Vert had already thrown two people under the bus. And next up was Drama and Canon. Lil Uzi Vert had no problem and was really close with Drama and Canon especially with the success of EXO Tour Life and then Love is Rage 2. But in January of 2018, things began to change, starting with a tweet sent out by Uzi telling artists not to sign, then clarifying saying, and if y'all do sign, sign to a major, don't sign to a rapper or a DJ, it's just easier when the time come for that fake stuff. And then 4 days later on January 16th, 2018, Louis Ever Vert clarifies saying, Don Cannon real as hell, F the rest of them niggas. We're not even going to get into the topic of Rich the Kid who jumped in during this, But this is Uzi painting the picture that he's in a bad deal and it's drama who's the problem. Things pretty much cool off for the rest of 2018. Uzi's just doing a bunch of performances, festivals, and teasing the album. But it starts again on January of 2019 when Uzi posted a caption on his IG story saying I want to take the time out to say I thank each and every one of my supporters but I'm done with music. I deleted everything. I want to be normal. I want to wake up in 2013. I called this out as BS in a video while it was happening. Uzi was once again trying to paint himself as this victim to the public. Who do you think the fans are going to blame for Uzi wanting to retire? Of course Canon and Drama and he's going to use the fans hatred of them as leverage to get what he wants like he's done with Diamond Cuts and Reese LaFleur. On March 20th 2019 Nav addressed why the song Habits he had with Louis Vert didn't end up on his Bad Habits album and he went to Instagram with this post I know y'all wanted habits on the album, I had an open verse for the longest and Uzi blessed us with one. Unfortunately, DJ Drama and Don Cannon won't clear his verse legally. I used to be a big fan of them since Gangsta Grill's mixtape and always thought they support new artists. I guess it's all about the money for them now, it's crazy but it's true. It's funny how someone who raps about pretty much nothing but money says it's all about money as some sort of degradation to others. Some sort of irony there. Four days later on March 24th, DJ Drama comes out in an Instagram comment and says Uzi should put EA out tomorrow or any day he wants. He has me and Canon's total support and blessings to drop it. The next day Uzi posts an IG story with the caption, if you want your album to drop, number one rule, don't hang with the boss girlfriend. At this point, if I was Drama, Uzi's going on the shelf regardless of how much money he generates. Perception is greater than reality like I always say, and both Uzi and Drama know how people will perceive that comment that Uzi made about hanging with Drama's girlfriend. It's ridiculously disrespectful and neither Drama nor Canon have ever done something like that publicly to Lil Uzi. Three days later, on March 28th, two things happened. Lil Uzi Vert releases a new song and music video titled Free Uzi that Atlantic Records called a leak and he also signed with Rock Nation for management. And isn't it funny how Rock Nation and Jay Z are always telling artists they have some problem with their record deal? He was apparently trying to help Uzi get out of his, offered to help Wayne get out of his situation and once Megan The Stallion signed to Rock Nation she started going off on her record label that put her in that position that she was perfectly fine with before. It's either Rock Nation is such a good hearted company that they're signing and helping all these artists get out of bad deals or They're whispering in their ear like a serpent and getting them to turn on their labels to get better terms so that Rock Nation can collect more money. On March 31st, Uzi released two new singles, Sanguine Paradise and that's a rack, and admitted that Rock Nation's legal team was trying to renegotiate his contract with Generation Now because he felt like he was being exploited. Keep in mind, the entire story you've been given so far. Lil Uzi legitimately had zero fan base between drama and canon. Nothing at all. And he abandoned his first manager to rock with them. And his first manager was the reason they even found out who he was. And then they built him and promoted him from the ground up, giving him all of these producers, getting him that original feature from Wiz Khalifa. That was his first big feature, as well as him getting on that tour thanks to them and Reese. But now that he was making millions, he was suddenly being exploited when the terms of that deal were the same since day 1. It was the same situation as Dom and Kutz and Reese. Uzi was so big now that he knew he didn't need drama or canon, but he was locked to them due to a contract and he wanted out of that so he could get paid more money from a different deal. Fast forward to Thanksgiving Day, the day after as well in 2019, Uzi goes off on a tweeting spree and deletes a lot of these tweets. He starts off by saying I wanna let my family know and I say family because all the fans left a long time ago. Only family stays so if you stayed I'm thankful for you. We gonna party so hard in no time EA I love you I swear times just been crazy I'm okay now. And then continues on saying FDJ drama he broke niggas need me to drop to pay bills. My best friend mean got more money than drama I swear on everything he not even in the industry. And aimed at Cannon saying I still got love for Deon Cannon with his fake ass. Ah, you snake ass nigga. I want to be just like you when I grow up. Then Lil Uzi Vert goes in on one of the most unlikely people ever, replying to someone who asked for some Molly, Raw, and Uzi songs, saying, Molly Raw snake too. He tried to run off with 20,000 back in the G. Wonder what that turned to. To anyone who has listened to Uzi for a long time, you would know that Molly Raw is the OG producer when it comes to Lil Uzi Vert he helped build the entire song that got Uzi popping and the sound as well. He has tweets going as far back as February of 2014 promoting Uzi music that he produced. Not only that, but he has produced some of Uzi's breakout hits like Money Longer, Do What I Want, Canadian Goose, High Roller, and many, many more. I mean, if you were an Uzi fan, automatically knew once you heard Dabby Molly Raw, you just knew it was going to be a fire song. His production is all over every single Lil Uzi Vert project, including his mixtape The Real Uzi, except for Eternal Atake, where there isn't a single song by him. Molly Raw cleared things up on an interview a bit where he said that all the information is false and not true at all and he explains that there was a disagreement between Molly Raw and his former manager that also happened to be one of Uzi's homies. He says he never stole or took anything from Uzi and it was a misunderstanding but he never got the opportunity to give his side of the story to Uzi and this story of him stealing from him was given to Uzi by Molly Raw's former manager likely in an effort to get Uzi to stop rocking with him which clearly worked and this makes sense because if Molly Raw fired his manager he doesn't have a money maker anymore and he has to get in the good graces of Uzi somehow to probably be one of his weed carriers and he feeds him this lie. I'm just not inclined to believe Lil Uzi Vert on anything when it comes to the relationships he's had with other individuals. Except for maybe Cardi who has his own history, Uzi's a master of manipulating public opinion of him and looking positive in the eyes of the fans with him being the one that's taken advantage of, but that's clearly not the case. What's insane is that all of these allegations he made to drama and canon about them being snakes, he has never said a single thing in specific that they did dirty to him because the likelihood is that they didn't do anything bad. After all, their other signee Jack Harlow has no problem with them and only speaks positively of both drama and canon but to be fair, he's still in the honeymoon phase of his deal. Things might change as time goes on. It looks like everything is going great now. Eternal take was a massive success as an album first week as well as the deluxe titled Lil Uzi Vert vs The World 2. Although we never got the details on whether or not Louisi was actually able to renegotiate the terms of his contract, since that's private information, he clearly isn't complaining about drama or canon ever since his album released. If you enjoyed this video, go and check out the one on your screen right now The Dark Side of the Kid Leroy. Follow me on Instagram, like and subscribe, and hit the notification bell if you enjoyed. Thank you for watching. Peace.